Chris Paul gets in. Another wide open three. Pierre Cardin. The first to Booker for the long range. Championship reign. We the valley, it ain't nothing but a thing. P H O E N I X. Phoenix Suns, and you know we up next. Yeah, we working for that championship reign. We the valley, it ain't nothing but a thing. Welcome, everybody, to season two, episode 17 of the Aussie Suns fan podcast. We are a little bit light on tonight. We've only got the two heavy hitters, which is uh, myself, Gavin, and Nate. Nate, how are you doing, buddy? Oh, great, mate. It was a, we had a good week. It was great to finally meet you. And we've been Absolutely. doing it for a while. Absolutely it was. And we uh, we will touch on that shortly on uh, give a, as part of the week wrap, we'll, we'll do a little quick wrap of uh, our Brizzy catch up, which was sensational and sort of ruined the game on Sunday for me because <laughs> I was really bored and wanted to go to the pub and drink with everyone. Um, so the games this week started off with Chicago, a 127-124 win. Um, the scoreboard looks like it was a close game. It wasn't. Um, Book had 38, Crowder 10 rebounds, CP3 11 assists. Then we took on Philly. Um, so back-to-back games against two of the top teams in the East. Um, knocked them over 114 to 109. Book 35 points, Crowder 14 rebounds, CP3 12 assists. Then the other top side in the East, obviously Miami's the only one out of those top four that we didn't play. 131 to 107 smashing of the Bucks, eight and 27 points. Crowder and Cam Johnson, eight rebounds each and CP3, CP3 19 assists. And then of course we took on Orlando um, in what was a pretty cruisy game overall, let's be honest, 132 to 105 win. Book 26 points, 8 and 10 rebounds, CP3, 15 assists. How did you see the week, Nate? Well, actually, when you write it down on paper, I had a look at the um, uh, Bulls 76's back-to-back games. They are both away games. If you remember back to the last pod where we spoke about those games going into it, we were talking about how long we'd have a run for if we could beat that 19-game run again. And it was these games where we thought, mm, yep. that's where we're going to stumble. Yeah, the Bulls 76's bucks, and we swept right through them. So it's it's but it, on paper too it's yeah. a three point win versus the Bulls five point win versus the seventy um, sixers on a back to back away, then we come home and do the Bucks and the Magic win by twenty four and twenty seven points each, so it's a nice little slide going into the um, All Star break there. Absolutely, so, and uh, and we look. I don't think any of us. Uh, well, I think a couple of weeks ago, uh, some of us mentioned that the Atlanta game might have been a bit of a danger game. Um, I'm pretty sure it was me that mentioned it was a danger game. So fuck you, Boyd. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure and, it was with you. Yeah, and uh, look, we had won that, and we and we won these four as well. We'd be right in the hunt for that um, 19, which is exactly what we did speak about. But the Bulls game, uh, pretty cruisy, really, for most of the game. It was only what I think we we're 12 up with a minute and a half to go, and then the Bulls went on a 9-0 run in the last minute and a half to make it three points um, while our bench was on the floor, obviously. Um, <laughs> wasn't wasn't the greatest last minute and a half, particularly because there was a minute and a half to go and when they took the starters out, I actually turned the game off. Um, I was in the <laughs> office at work. I went, went and took a call, um, turned the game off, went and took a call, came back, looked at the box score just to have a look at what the final score was and went, Jesus Christ, what happened there? Um the Philly game, even their five-point win, it never felt like we were going to lose it. Um, yeah, they were in control. Yeah. Um, the Milwaukee game, even though, let's be honest, there was quite a number of distractions going on during the Milwaukee game. Uh, but the bits <laughs> I did see were we were watching. <laughs> <laughs> bits I did see were fantastic. Obviously, the second yeah, half. Yeah, I do feel uh, I could watch that game again. Oh uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I actually considered going back and watching it before the Orlando game just to see what happened. But um, I think I might rewatch it during the uh, the All Star break where we've got like six games, six days without any basketball. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, I went back and watched the uh, live video feeds, and we were certainly cheering on Javal Abdul McGee <laughs> and uh, the big fella Da, who absolutely dominated in that game of basketball, and um, really. 
I think the most impressive thing, and we spoke about it on the day, was that um, Javal McGee showed how important he's going to be to this side going forward when he came onto the floor in those moments. When Early Deacon too. I, I think we were somewhat sober, uh, well, somewhat uh, at the point we actually had that discussion about the value of Javal McGee and DA switching that role and then even seeing um, Jay Crowder playing the D on um, Giannis. So freeing up and I th- I all think those fouls that he took to beat us. And that, that, was, that, the, that was the big thing. I think one of the main things we spoke about was the fact that we've now got three centres that really we can rotate on and just bash the crap out of him. Um, he did that. He missed all of his foul shots. We all remember back to game six last year where he hit 18 of 19 and it'll never, ever happen again. So not. <laughs> And then Orlando, um, even there, honestly, at halftime, I went out and mowed the lawns. It was, just wasn't that, uh, wasn't that inspiring. Yeah, I got to say, when I was looking through the MVP Defensive Player Encouragement Award this week, I've put a line uh, under the Bucks game and then the Orlando game. I I looked at it, but I was like, I'm not going to include that in my thought process. Even even there with Book, Book had 26 in that game, and I don't reckon he played well. Um, uh, I think his first half was rubbish and then came out in the third quarter and just set it a lot, um, which took him up to the game high for points, but... Yeah, it was a great week. Um, let's touch on it now. The Brizzy yeah. boys catch up um, was an absolutely fantastic outing. And I put something on the page. If you've got the opportunity to get into town, catch up with a group of other Suns fans, um, don't hesitate to do it. Put something out there and um, organise a catch up because honestly, I got there 15 minutes before the game. I got caught up at work a little bit. Everyone was already... Uh, well and truly on the way to being lubricated, which was fantastic. <laughs> um, the game itself was brilliant to watch, but um, we had uh, Mitch Lamb was there, Josh um, Boyd, obviously, who said he was going to drink me under the table and disappeared halfway through the night. Um, Vossi, <laughs> He's not even defend himself. <laughs> yeah, Vossi. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm going to throw it out there. Vossi was there. <laughs> Um, and of course us too, and, and we just we just had a ball um, from start to finish. That we had a heap of fun. You'll probably see from the videos. Um, we we just had a had a cracking time. We did try our best to do a um, post game review uh, uh, with the Facebook Live, and then we did one, and then realised oh shit, it was on my personal feed and not on the Facebook group. And then worst thing was that that one we did we did for what five or six minutes. That was quality five or six minutes. It was too, and all the people commenting, I was like, they're not in our group. <laughs> and then we tried to recap it on the on the second one on the page, and it just it Went wasn't sideways, literally. And, and, let's, and let's be honest, it did go sideways. And the actual conversation was uh, like, I watched the video the other day, laughing my ass off. Yeah, there, there wasn't a hell of a lot of value in that video. <laughs> but you, but you know what? We now have a broadcast quality radio mic. <laughs> so that is we, true. That is if true. We ever, if we ever need to do it again, we know we can at least get the audio right in that situation. The next, the next catch up that is there. Yep. <laughs> and I've decided. No. I, I think the next time um, for my next trip, where I'm definitely going to try and find one where we've got a game Friday and a game Sunday, or game Friday Saturday, so that I can do it. We can do a couple of days already. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to Bo and the, the team at uh, Winghouse on Edward Street as well. Yeah, uh, I booked in and they were great. And yeah, you know, when we were sitting in the booth afterwards, taking up the booth, but no one else could sit in it because we we're trying to do a drunken bloody pod uh, cast. He's come over and the only thing he said was, "Just make sure you give us a plug." <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, "Great, yep, we'll make they sure." Were, they, were, they were fantastic all yeah. day. They they really looked after us. They put us, you know, we we're in a great spot. We tested their RSA too, so you know. that's exactly right. They they kept the beers flowing um, for everyone that shouted um, for everybody else, and then Nate when he bought his own. Um. <laughs> that was yeah, what a stitch up that was. That was a stitch up. Sorry, yeah, that one. I didn't even have an opportunity to defend myself. You'd already been recording this bloody FaceTime thing for three minutes. <laughs> <coughs> The one I did love, though, my favourite moment of the of the day, um, my favorite, absolute favourite moment of the day, was Mitch Lamb sculling a frozen margarita. Oh, my God, why did he do that? 
that was the that was hilarious. It was the funniest thing uh, that uh, that happened that day. I reckon for for everyone that wasn't there, Mitch said I was doing a round. I was actually doing a round, Gav. And Mitch said, "Oh, just get, get me anything." And I said, "How about I get you some a girly drink with an umbrella in it?" And he's going, "Do it." Yeah. And I actually got the staff to find me an umbrella, and they stuck it in a uh, mango margarita, frozen <laughs> margarita. And I bring it over to him, and he's looked at me, "What the fuck is this?" The, f- the <laughs> funniest just, thing was, and then you gave him shit, and he sculpted. Yeah. Yeah, no, because I gave him shit. I gave him shit for having the drink with the with the uh, umbrella in it. And then let it go. And I reckon it would have been 45 minutes later, he still had like three quarters of it. And that's when I gave him shit. And I just went, are you even going to drink that or are you just going to waste it? And he went, nah, that's it. And just scolded. And a massive head freeze immediately after. Yeah. That was uh, kind of funny for the rest of us. And then, yeah. uh, look, we we may have travelled out afterwards, but it was an early night. We all got to bed early. Um, yeah, I'm, right. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm going to ignore that because that's clearly not true. Um, we do need to put a little bit of shit on Vossi. For those that didn't see the Sideways live feed, um, he's a very sociable character. He likes to, to chat to everyone regardless of their team affiliation uh, and, and bandwagon status and decided to go and sit with the table of guys next to us and a couple of them. And they said, we're actually Milwaukee fans. And of course, all of us are like, yeah, for like five minutes. And Vossi stayed there and started chatting to them for what, fifteen minutes? Like, yeah, I, I reckon. <laughs> I reckon it was probably longer, to be honest. It was. He is a sociable character. I tell it you. was at least twenty minutes that Vossi <laughs> sat with them, you know, leaning over the table like they were besties. Um, then I think Boyd found a couple of friends there for a little while until they got yeah, thrown that out. Table got bigger, yeah. Yeah, until they got thrown out. And then we ended up with a tack on when we left the joint. And uh, <laughs> no one knew who he was. And I called him by the wrong name for the first hour and a half. But he, he was good value too. He was a ripper. Anyway, in the interest of keeping things short for those that weren't there, it was a great time. Um, if you get the opportunity to do it in your own states, I recommend it. We've had a Absolutely. Absolutely. What about right. awards this week, Ev? Let's go. Well, awards MVP of the week. Uh, there's only two of us, so... Unless we agree, we know that whoever I nominate wins. Yep. Okay. So I tried to break it down by game. Uh, so I looked at the Chicago game, I went Booker. I looked at the Philly game, I went Booker, but I also thought CP3 worth of consideration because he's, what, 16 points, 12 assists, and 41 minutes. Like, Crazy. Crazy. Then the Bucks game, I have to say CP3, he, he activated <laughs> DA. He had, or the DA's performance in the, the Bucks game was... If you go back and look at it, it was activated by CP3. Offensively, then, without question. And then the crossover, the crossover he did, and uh, he broke Drew's, Drew Holiday's ankles. Like we're all sitting oh, there going, he's not gonna, we're all sitting there going, he's not going to get the assists because Drew Holiday is the best perimeter defender of guards in the NBA. And not only did he hit 19 assists, he broke his ankles and yep. got around him. And that was for well, me. He didn't, that one cost him 20 because uh, he passed it to a guy that we'll talk about later on. Uh, who is not in a bit of a shooting slump. Well, I'm still going to give it to to CP3 on that one. And then the Magic game, like I said, it doesn't really matter for me. CP3 or Book both turned out in that game, but in limited minutes. They both played in the 20s rather than the high 30s and 40s. Yeah. Um, So my decision-making was I'm going to give it to Book, and that's because KD picked him as first reserve for the All-Star game. Yeah, so not no. only he's not only is he officially an all star, uh, he's the first one picked out of all the reserves. Yeah. And if Wiggins wasn't had to be a starter, Book would have been ahead of him one hundred percent for KD in the starting lineup. So based on the fact that that happened all in the same week, I'm giving the MVP this week to Booker. I like I like the justification. That's a that's a really nice way to do it. Um, again, I, I agree. Look, the Chicago game Book was. Unbelievable. Um, I would have had him above, head and shoulders above everyone else. The Philly game, again, as you said, there was it was Book at CP3, but I sort of leant towards Book. Milwaukee, I had Aiton and CP3. Um, I mean, 19 assists is phenomenal. And as you are well aware, I basically sat there with a hard on for most of the game over CP3. Why was I aware of that? <laughs> Put it away. And then, of course, the Orlando game um, was boring as batshit, uh, but a great win for the side anyway. But, yeah, I sort of just had CP3. And, um, I mean, look, 
Okay, I'll throw out Tory Craig was our best player against Orlando. Fuck it. Um, yeah. No, I don't disagree at all. Where, you know, we've, when two of us have nominated here, everyone will see that we have a special guest on. Jono, Jono from the chat has joined us. How are you going, buddy? Oh, beautiful. From beautiful Western Australia. Love it, mate. Love it. And we've, um, we've already tagged him as Mini Boyd because I think he's uh, he's already come in and dropped the C-bomb a couple of times. So Straight um, on the C-bomb and straight on a vape. Yeah, yeah but he's got he's to keep us... Um, Got to keep us and make sure that we still tick off the uh, Not Safe for Children um, box in the YouTube channel. But welcome along, John. I appreciate it. Late notice. Obviously, we had a couple of pullouts today. Um, I think Boyd's still recovering from our Brizzy trip. And Hamo, Hamo was busy tonight. So I appreciate you making the time to jump on, bud. All good. Now, your MVP of the week. You, you mentioned you, you sort of kept up with the games and saw a few of them. So... Who do you think was our MVP? I didn't even nominate one for the week, did I? Well, by by attrition, I, I'm guessing it was CP3 because you said it was CP3. Yeah, okay. yeah, it was. Um, well, yeah. I didn't even hear yours, and now you've stolen mine. Well, that's mine anyway. There's no steal. <laughs> there's no steals here, mate, because it all it's all about the majority. Yeah, it's just got to be CP3, but it's just got to be. Yeah, it was um, hard to argue, and that gives us two to one. So suck shit, mate. You uh, yeah, outvoted. Yeah, he had book. Which uh, easily as well, yeah. All right, uh, let's let's move on. Defensive player of the week. Uh, we'll go with you first, Nate, and give John our lead in. Well, mate, last time I was here at this one, I couldn't come up with one, and you gave me an absolute fucking earful. That's because you're so sitting I, on the fence so like I, a bitch. Well, I put some thought into it this week, and I thought, well, I still, I'm not going to look at the box score. I don't have any, like, went back and look at recaps of the game and things and nothing really stood out enough to say that was a hell, that was the best defensive player of the week. So I took a different approach and thought, let's look at most minutes and best plus minus. So the concept being what contributed to the most winning basketball without being an obvious point scorer like CP3 and um, Booker. I like but at the same time comparing to it. So I went and of course, we always talk about Bridges and CP3 being our best of consistently defensive players of the week. So I went and did the amount of minutes and the plus minus for each game. Uh, so let's let's take out the Orlando game because the minutes dropped and the yep. plus minus was a bit skewed. Um, 35 minutes, 15 plus on the 15 on the plus minus, 41 minutes, nine on the plus minus, 39 minutes, 20 on the plus minus for Bridges. So for the three games that gives him 115 minutes and a plus 44, in plus minus. Now you look at that next to CP3. CP3 went 33 minus 5, 30, uh, 41 and 3, 36 and 20. So had a good game overall at the end there. So that was 110 over 18 versus 115 plus 44. Yeah. So Bridges had it all over him on the plus minus and with more minutes. And if you ever want to put it next to Booker, uh, Booker's was 37 and 7, 37, 13, 34 and 11. Still came out at 108 with plus minutes with a plus minus of 31, which is still less than what Bridges put out. So if uh, I'm going to take that metric to make a decision for the week, uh, Bridges gets my defensive player of the week. I like it. he contributed the most to winning basketball. I like it. I like it. I like the way you put that together, Nate. That's uh, really well done. But can you give me one more comparison there? Oh, here we go. Or have you got the knock of the numbers? Probably not, but go on. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. What was, talking about. With, what was the comparison with DeAndre Ayton? Yeah, no, I didn't do it. But tell you what, let's come back to it. I can do it in yeah. the pause. I'll come yeah. back to it. All right, Jono, what's your thoughts on the week? Who was uh, our defensive player of the week? Well, I had one look at the game where, well, somebody has been shooting pretty poorly this week, but has been rebounding spectacularly, and that's Jay Crowder. And there was that game, he had zero points, 14 rebounds, was it? Yep. I think that was against the Bulls or? It uh, was against uh, Philly. Philly? Yep. Philly game. And that's just defending for you. So from what I've seen this week, it would, I'm going to go Crowder. I like it. I don't, I don't mind uh, using that either. Um, my defensive player of the week, and I'm going to take out the, um, based on the four games that we did play, and 
I know that the numbers were skew if, and I think you all know where I'm going, but I'm going to take out the Philly game because the bloke he played on, I don't care who in the NBA is playing on him at the moment. You're not going to shut him down. But he made him change shots um, in that game, which I thought was really impressive. Stuff that um, Joel Embiid is not forced to change in a lot of the games he plays. But in particular, that game against Milwaukee, the amount of shots that DeAndre Ayton forced change at the rim and the amount of times he forced Giannis to take jump shots instead of uh, penetrating to the basket, which effectively ended um, ended up giving us the, the type of lead that we had. Um, I think the only, only game he really got exploited at the rim was against Orlando, surprisingly. Um, and that was with Jalen Suggs, who did some good stuff early. But I thought our guards allowed him to penetrate far too easy and left Aiton sort of high and dry on the on the island. So for me this week, it's DA. I, I thought he was um, instrumental in the three wins against Chicago, um, Philly and Milwaukee, particularly at the rim. And um, yeah. So we've got three different choices there, Gav, but I'm going to come back to you with your question. Yeah. Based on the first three games, minutes played and plus minus, DA's minutes were 79 minutes over three games and a plus minus of plus 28 versus Bridges at 115 minutes plus minus plus 44. Yeah. So as far as contrib- contribution to winning basketball from minutes and plus minus, he was nowhere close to the, the other three. Yeah. All righty. Well, um, Look, I'm uh, usually just whoever I pick gets it, but because of the work that Nate put in this week, I'm actually going to change that and give it to Mikael Bridges this week. So he's the defensive player of the week for this week. Well, um, Now, John, I don't know. Have you seen uh, the pods in the last few weeks? Uh, I missed the last one, but the ones before that, yeah. Okay, so we got a lot of people missed that last one because it was two hours fucking long. Actually, uh, uh, the last one, the last one was our biggest viewership that we've ever had. So, which was uh, come on, mate, keep up with the stats. Which was um, which was a shame because I was really pissed at the end of that. I know. I got got back to my hotel room after my work dinner, and you're on the phone to be going, "All right, now how do I get this on the up on the line?" Yeah, it was, uh, and my write-up wasn't as uh, as informative as yours either. Uh, but we we have got a new uh, a new award. It's the encouragement award. Now the encouragement award can be any well, like any scope um, that you see fit over the course of the week. Um, we've tried to make it a little bit more creative from outside the norm. Um, particularly Nate and myself, Boyd and Hamo are boring, and they just want to go. Hey, keep it up young fella but um we try to keep it a little bit out of the norm and find different things that have happened um there isn't a specific winner we all just nominated an encouragement award so i'm gonna let you think about this one while nate and i go um this this one we don't want double ups either so nate i'll let you go first on this one mate i I had two i was gonna my first one was gonna be straight up straight up the welcome home encouragement award for for TC, yep. especially the game he put in against Orlando. Um, but I'm going to trump it because it's not really an encouragement award. We love him anyway. He's coming home. I'm going to give it to Cam Air Johnson for his two highlight Ooh. dunks against the Bucks. And he did that that one flying through big jam and then, what, a minute later, two minutes later, does it again. I think so I was... I think I was Cam Air Johnson gets my encouragement award. I think I was sculling a beer on both of those because I missed both dunks. But it's um, <laughs> yeah, I like back and look at those highlights. We have um, he he has got the uh, Cam Slam now. They've they've pretty much named it on Sun's Twitter, so that's a pretty good nomination. Now, uh, John, do you want to go next? I'm going to give it to Elf on the Shelf, Alfred Payton. I love it. That's almost stolen mine because that was he was one of my considerations. <laughs> Yeah. The last last few weeks, he was someone I dreaded being on the court. And then you watch him come on this week, the last two or three games in particularly, and he looks much more calm on the ball. He's shooting shots that he usually wouldn't shoot. It's nice and clean basketball. He had two threes, for fuck's sake. When does Elfra break yeah. the threes? Yeah. I mean, i got to give it to you. That, he had a wicked stat line at the end of that. was the Orlando game, wasn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, played a few minutes. Granted, it was Orlando, but it was a wicked stat line. So well, one of the um, one of the things that really stood out for me with Peyton um, that that I really enjoyed, and I've started posting because they've started posting those videos, and and my nomination actually comes from the tunnel videos. You know the tunnel pre-game yep. tunnel videos where they're all pumping each other up, and I've been posting them to the page. So if you haven't checked them out, check them out because they're freaking <laughs> hilarious. But um, Peyton's right in the middle of that mix. And the thing that stood out to me in the Orlando game was Peyton deliberately went out of his way to get Aaron Holiday's first shot Good. in a Suns uniform. Set up, set it up at the top, basically called him through on the play, fed the ball back to him, and then effectively took his player out of the play. And I thought, that's pretty good. That was, that was right up there as one of my encouragement awards. Um, but the winner of my encouragement award this week is DeAndre Ayton. Um, if you watch those tunnel videos before the game and DA getting on hands and knees and trying to chase down people that are in the, in the uh, tunnel, <laughs> keep it up DA. You'll catch one one day. You, it's like the dog chasing the postman. It's hilarious. <laughs> when they get into that wolf wolf and he goes for it. Um, dogs. Yep. The dogs. <laughs> There, one day those teammates aren't going to be able to stop your DA and you're going to just get hold of someone. He almost got Starich in the Orlando game. Oh, good show. <laughs> All right, so the week ahead, we move on. Uh, this week, two games. Um, well, technically two games. Oh, well, three games technically, but two games. Wednesday against the Clippers at 2 p.m. Thursday against Houston at 1 p.m. in a back-to-back. And then we have the NBA All-Star Game on Sunday, obviously, with Monty, Book, and CP3. How do you see the week ahead, Jono? What are we going to do? You're, remember your mini board, Boyd. So um, if this is anything but a clean sweep, you're in trouble. I'm going uh, uh, two wins and a Monty win. They're my three wins. A Monty win. All right. Yeah. So two wins. You're going to handle Houston quite easily. And the Clippers are the Clippers, so it's always going to be fun. But if we just keep doing what we've been doing the last all season, we should be able to handle both of them without much trouble. And, and the I'm Clippers, going for Monster in the All-Star game. Yeah, well, he's got he's got CP3. And uh, I know the Clippers have lost Normie Powell this week. So he's another one off the board. But the, the Clippers are a pain in the fucking ass, to be honest. But, yeah. Nate, how do you say the week? I just can't believe we're sitting here talking about how good Norman Powell is. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, no one said he was good. I just said he was out. Oh, no, but there have been his trade talks <laughs> and everything, like his value compared to two oh, yeah. years ago. That's um, only because, what, just before Toronto traded him, he had like a run of sort of similar to what Gary Trent Jr. is doing in, in Toronto at the moment. He had a run of like 10, 35-point games or something like that. Um, when he got traded to Portland, he... Did fuck all again, and now he's at the Clippers. And done fuck all. Yeah, well, I'm I'm gonna stay with the bandwagon uh, wins. I don't see us losing the next two. Um, not at the Clippers. It's at home. The Rockets games at home. The Clippers games on ESPN too. So another one to uh, maybe not get to it. Maybe not get to the pub at like eleven or one o'clock on a Wednesday. But <laughs> it's, two. Uh, it's a, well, it's a two p.m. down here, so it's a one p.m. for yeah. you. Um, the the Rockets game, I don't know if it's going to be as easy as everyone thinks. Um, I still think we'll win it convincingly, but um, one of those. I, I just I just hope that Book doesn't check out coming into All Star Weekend um, and let let them get a little bit too far away with or a little too close for too long. Yeah, I think um, the Houston game is one of those trap games that we often talk about. Um, particularly if we come out and knock over the Clippers on Wednesday and the Clippers is, they, they are one of those teams that we certainly target. I, I think the last put time a lot, we played, put a lot of effort into, yeah. we did put a lot of effort into the Clippers game last time. The first time around, we thought it was going to be a cakewalk and got rolled. So um, I think we'll beat the Clippers based on what they've currently got. I mean, let's be honest, our biggest threat is Marcus Morris or Markeith Morris or whatever fucking Morris is there at the moment. And then um, then we roll into Houston. Um, and, yeah, that's that could be the one 
that is the downer game. But I just get the feeling that uh, the crew is, after last week's sweep, it's just got in their heads. We now go undefeated to um, All-Star game. Just depends on how depressed Cam Johnson is after the Bengals got flogged today. Um, so, and, and, and about how sad he's going to be about having to uh, run a lemonade stand for a couple of hours. So uh, that'll be interesting. All-Star game, um, I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with Team Durant because I just can't barrack for Team LeBron. <laughs> I just can't. I, like, I just can't. Well, we'll get back to that, Gav, as you're aware. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's roll in. Now's the fun part. Now, uh, you're, Jono, I'm assuming you're well aware how thumbs up, thumbs down works. Oh, yeah. If yeah. you get a different answer to the others, you get fucking sprayed, basically, and uh, nobody's going to take you whatever. Even if you justify it, no one will back you up in any way, shape, or form. So, um, yeah, boy. I think we've had, I think we've had one fifty-fifty thumbs up, thumbs down, a sideways one. Yeah, um, they're not encouraged. That one out, didn't he? Yeah, they're not encouraged, and we've had one person flip on his thumbs up, thumbs down, which was me, and that is also not encouraged. Stick to stick to what you decide. Uh, Hamo does flip quite regularly, actually. He actually does, but, yeah, he, does, yeah. Yeah. but uh, he he flips and then flips back in the same discussion. So he usually it's ends up really with the same answer. Actually, it was funny listening to you guys last week because your thumbs up, thumbs down went for a fucking hour, and by the time you came back and circled around to call each other dickheads, none of you could remember what you'd voted for. No, that's it. <laughs> there was some confused looks on people's faces when we got to that point. Uh, so now that I'm back and I'm looking after the segment, I'm going to keep it succinct. We're going to do three, just three tonight. Uh, three rapid fires. We'll just go through, do thumbs up, thumbs down. Then we'll come back and ridicule each other for being dickheads. First one off the bat. The Bucks are a weaker squad this season than their 2021 finals team. Jono. Thumbs up. Oh. Gav. Yeah. Down. All right, I'm going to go up. I believe they are a weaker squad. Uh, number two, and this is what we were just talking about, LeBron James gets a hate amnesty for All-Star Weekend because of Monty and CP3. Jono, he gets the amnesty. All right, Gav. That was the uh, obvious downer. <sighs> yeah, it doesn't yeah, mean... yeah. I was on the fence about this one because I it really... It doesn't I... mean you still can't love Monty and CP3. You just yeah, okay. hate LeBron. Thumbs down. I can't I can't give him an amnesty. Um, and this one, not related to Suns until we get into why, but uh, did your Super Bowl bet pay out? John, you've, you only put, on? you've only put your own ones in here. Down and down. I got two. They're quick ones, but they're actual good ones. Okay, jump in. Because well, I didn't one. put in the feed. I only saw hammers. Yeah, okay. Number one, are you worried or concerned about Jay Crowder's shooting slump? Oh, I thought that was a topic for later on. Okay. Oh, cool. So, Jono... Jono, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, it's, a, it's a 75% up. Can <laughs> I do time. that? Just concerned. That's our first three-quarter thumb. <laughs> yeah, I'll call it a three-quarter thumb. Gab, are you concerned? You're concerned? I am not concerned. And my last one was Aaron Holiday should replace the Alfred Payton minutes. Okay. And which way are you going on that? Uh, I want to see Jono first. Oh, you want to see Jono go? Alright. There's not enough information to choose. I'll say down for now, but it's up and it's a it's a big one. You're up, Gav. I'll go up. I'll take holiday over Peyton. All right, let's go back over then. We've got five in there now. Looks like Gav, you're going to be our first dickhead. The Bucks are a weaker squad this season than their 2021 finals team. You're the only one that's decided. No, I don't okay. agree with you. I have got justification for it, though. So the Bucks side that we played the other day is a weaker squad. There is no doubt about it. But trade period strengthened them um, to a point where I think with uh, the addition of Ibaka and someone else, um, they are a, they will be better placed this year uh, with Ibaka and whoever else it is coming in than they were last year. 
but my further justification is everybody else got much better that are around See, I, I looked at them when they'd lost PJ Tucker, and then, I mean, they didn't have DiVincenzo during the finals last year anyway, but now he's permanently gone. I really didn't, I mean, yes, Abaka's a good move, but I don't think he, rate, he moves the needle that much. He's not going to own our centre positions. For all he's worth, is going to get wrist surgery after the game against us. Yeah. So... The, the big yeah, the big thing for me was the fact that they really didn't have a center against us. So they, yeah. when you look at Brook Lopez playing, um, it at least stretched the floor for him a bit. Well, he's done too. He he should be back, um, but actually no one back, really back issues. He's no yeah, he's back not, issues. He's he not might. back. He's a different player. But Abaka will stretch the floor um, and just give them a different look out on the floor. Uh, is basically um, and will improve them. The PJ Tucker thing is a fair call, though. John, I this, you, this is your it. first chance to call Gavin Dickhead if you want to take the opportunity. Let's go, John. Otherwise, we can move on. Get stuck in the uh, I won't call him a dickhead. I'll just say they look like a much shallower team other than their big three at the moment. But putting personnel aside, the mentality of trying to back up already winning and having the hunger to do it again, I reckon that might do them. It might do, like... Holiday and Giannis. I like words. it, Jono. I like it. Mental toughness. If you compare them to our team, we've proven we've got it this year. They have Plus not. We, we've, we've got, got, we've got the better holiday. Lost yeah, but that's exactly why they Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well done. All right. Second one. LeBron James gets a hate amnesty for All-Star Weekend because of Monty and CP3. Jono, you said he does get the amnesty. I nearly sat on the fence, but I went no because... <laughs> I'm with Gav. I can't stand him. I just can't freaking stand him. I just feel like Monty's got the he's got the fucking nod to be the coach of the All Star team. I don't care that Mr. LeBron is the uh, is the captain of that team. I want to see Monty win. I want to see Monty do well and show everyone how good of a coach he is. It's not really as my choice wasn't well, coaching the All Star game. I, I can't call him a dickhead for that. I, no, I but what do you? No, I can. Jono, you're you're a dickhead. They're coaching the All-Star game. You put all these fucking players out on the ground. They treat it as a dunk contest. There's no fucking... They're not running the elbow play in the fucking... In the All-Star game. Welcome to the crew. You do have a point. You do have a point. And like I said before... I just want to see people to see Monty succeed. Like I said before, you can still love Monty and Chris Paul. Doesn't mean you don't. You have to start loving the fucking LeBron and giving him amnesty. <laughs> I hope that. I, look, I'll be more than happy for Monty at CP3 and whatever. And Bork, I want all three of them to put on a show because it's the fucking All Star game. Like, who gives a fuck? You're supposed to shoot from the logo and do fucking alley oop dunks on top of Steph Curry's head. Um, I, I, look, I hope he wins because it's Monty and I hope that the uh, CP3 and Book have 40 points each and I hope LeBron goes zero for 40. <laughs> I must admit, I nearly sat on the fence there because of the um, the actual video footage when they were doing drafting the teams. That was KD funny. And I, oh, my God, that was, that was hilarious. And just the whole James Harden thing and LeBron couldn't contain himself because no one wanted to pick James Harden. Charles Barkley is just egging them on. They go, oh, no, I'm not going to pick him then. Just let's make this worse. And that was the, I think that's the only time I've actually laughed with LeBron in the last 10 years. Did you actually look at the squads while KD was justifying who he was going to pick? Yeah. Yeah. Like he had two centers already on his roster and he's gone. I, oh, think I, need, I, need, size. Some... I need some size. Yeah, I think I need some height. I'm going to go. And the straight face that he did it with. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I do hope that they play so KD convinces whoever's coaching the East, if it's Nash or whoever, uh, to do some point book. Oh, maybe uh, Nash. Three. So it's not who's, who is it now? Who's on top? Uh, Miami. Better. It'll be Spo. Oh, Spo. All right. Well, if he can play some point book on CP3, that'll be fun. It depends on who's on his squad, I suppose. Is, is there any Miami players on his squad? Uh, no, actually, there isn't. Good. It's we Butler. might... We might see Book versus CP3 isolation. That'd be fucking really good to watch. Yeah, that's what I want to see. That's what elbow, I want to see. Elbow jumper for elbow jumper. 
Can you imagine the after the aftermath? It'd be hilarious. The tunnel, the tunnel dogs after that. <laughs> and and because we're we're um we're only sort of looking at that right now and talking about the All Star game, and I did miss one, which we'll go to after this. But we're not going to talk about the All Star game anymore after this. NBA, fuck you. How you do not put Cameron Johnson in the fucking three point contest? You bunch of fucking weasels. He's the best three-point shooter in the league. Second. Like, second. Well, if, you, if you're mentioning Luke Kennard... No, no. He's second second on numbers. I don't think Kennard's first. Because um, it was actually your guest last week. Yeah, David, so, uh, so there Nash is... Slash whatever his other alias is. Yep. Um, on the solar panel today, Dave King actually referenced him as pointing out the numbers that going into the contest, Luke Kennard got picked over... Cam, or like clearly ahead of Cam, yet yep. their numbers were basically identical. Almost identical. Canards had and more shots, his percentage is lower. Um, but it's he's had like four more three-point attempts and his numbers slightly lower. I think Cam's at 41.7 and Canards at 41.3, something like that. Uh, but it's, it's a joke that Cat got in. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, well, yeah, fucking... Come on, Carl Anthony Towns in the three-point contest. Fuck off. Um, no, the the, uh, the other ones that I think were stiff were Doug McDermott, who I think is third in the NBA currently for three-point percentage, and whoever. Oh, that could uh, be sympathy vote though. I'll tell you who's. I'll tell you who has the best three-point percentage in the NBA right now is PJ Tucker. Okay, that's got nothing to do with volume then, does it? And he's, oh, no, no, obviously not. But based on that minimum amount of shots, he still qualifies from that point of view. But he's had he's had half the attempts of Cam Johnson and um, Kennard and McDermott. But if you look at, um, yeah, I think the top five, three-point percentage in the NBA right now, only one of them made it, which was Kennard. Oh, well, you're rambling now, Gab. You told me to really end tonight and doing it. We're moving on. It's still early. Did your Super Bowl bet pay out? We all went thumbs down on this. Yeah, this I was, went the Bengals. I, I went the Bengals as well. I'm, I'm, I'm a... Yeah, we all did. We all went that. All right. So yeah, my I biggest... An, I love an underdog. My biggest one was I, I went for the... I hate LA. I, well, I missed, um, <laughs> I missed, missed on the Bengals. Um, but the one that the one that really pissed me off was I had um, who was the guy who scored two touchdowns for the Bengals? Uh, oh, I, T, didn't, I didn't watch it. I didn't, and I know T nothing about Johnson. NFL. I just sided with Cam. I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyway, I took him out of my multi and put someone else in, and he ended up scoring two fucking touchdowns. <laughs> uh, but I would have lost on the Bengals anyway. I did pick up on on Cup and a couple of others in my no, multi, but. Yeah, unfortunately. No, I, I just did the whole Cam versus Bridges thing and I thought I'll go with Cam on this one. Uh, but uh, the whole lemonade stand you were talking about, Gav, it's going to be interesting to see if that actually happens, you know. Oh, I love Play the comment. Team near crowds, I don't think they're going to be passing lemonade around. But I, I love the comment from Monty too that, you know, yeah, I've heard about the heard about the bet and when I find out where it is, I'm just going to take 100 pennies and make them just keep making me lemonade. And if it's not perfect, <laughs> I'll keep forcing them to make it. Good on you, Mon. <laughs> All right, Gav, we're moving to your two. Sorry for not putting them on here. I actually thought they were discussion topics for later on. No, that's okay. Um, are you worried about Jay, Jay Crowder's shooting percentage? Um, shooting slump, not percentage. Yeah, slump. Percentage slump or whatever you, whatever you want to call it. He's shooting of late. Um I'm the only thumbs Jono, down. No, no, I went thumbs down. I'm not worried. You, both you and uh, Jono were like, yeah, okay. we're worried. Oh, that's right. This is the Jono 75%. My 75% is Jay, he always, I'm going to say always, but he regularly has shooting slumps and then he'll come out of nowhere and be absolutely on fire. So I'm mainly concerned about when he catches on fire, if it's at the right time of the season. I, I know he will come back. With his shooting, it's just I don't know if he'll do it when we need it. Mine's a mine's a long mine's a long yeah mine's along similar lines, but more that when Jay's in a shooting slump in game previously, it's late in games where he hit a three where he gets fouled 
massive shot, blah, 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 and, and hit like clutch threes. He hasn't done any of that. Um, I've got a real concern for what he is going to do moving forward with the with the shooting. He defensively and his rebounding has been fantastic, but I I, I honestly think that Jay's concerned about um, the kind of volume and the kind of percentage that Cam Johnson's hitting at. Well, you both dickheads. So the original statement that I wrote down was: uh, Are we worried about his shooting? Uh, now, if you look at his. Ten, his last two seasons with the Sun, he's averaging oh. 10 and 9 points a game for the season. If you look at his career, he's averaging 9 points a game for the season. If you look at his last seven games since he's back from injury, yes, he's down to 7.2, but that's only because he had the zero against Philly. You know, he didn't score, but he had 14 points, uh, sorry, 14 boards. Um, was it four? What's that got to do with shooting? But his box score, who cares about the, the shooting? If he's playing the team game, because I'm not, you're talking about, are you worried about his shooting? If he gets zero percentage? points, but he does the 14, 4, 2, and 1 after that, I'm not worried about his shooting because he's playing the team game. Well, and then after that, team? he hits a 10 and 11 point game in the next two games, which is above his season average, above his career average. Why What's his percentage? Worried? What's his percentage? I'm not worried about the percentage. I am. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. If, he, if he's missing, the opposition's getting rebounds and getting scoring but opportunities. What's different with the outcomes? What do you mean what's different in the... Well, well nothing, all the games. Nothing in the last week, but he got carried by fucking Devin Booker and CP3. Our whole team's been yeah. being carried by Devin Booker for the last six years, five years. Like, come on. Honestly, you know, he is... Look, he's at the moment, his shooting slump is being covered off by McCall and Cam. I, I could just see that he's sliding. And it's it's unfortunate because I don't want to agree with Boyd that somebody's going to move. Uh, one particular player might move ahead of him in the starting lineup. But reality is he's shooting at the moment. The good thing, the thing I did like, and what game, what game did he have? The Orlando game, I think it was, where he actually stopped pulling up for the threes and started penetrating. That was uh, 11 points in that game. I yeah. Think. And he started penetrating, shooting those little floaters where he likes to do the floaty thing on his fucking arms after he hits them. But all of a sudden looked a lot more dangerous. And I'd rather see him doing that than sitting out in the three-point line and missing fucking 10 straight shots. I agree. I'd rather him do that and leave the threes to people that are hot at the moment, like Cam and Macau, and drive to the rim or just fucking give the ball to Chris Paul. Well, I, I think you're all being very hard on him. He's seven games back from injury. And next next week, we're just going to have to have the whole Cam versus uh, Jay argument again. And you and Boyd can jack each other off or something. I did say I think he's going to catch fire again. So no, that's why I was a three-quarter. He's going he's gonna to catch it. All right. So you know, you've got faith. All right. All right. The last one. Holiday over Peyton is essentially the statement. Yep. Jono, you went, no, you want Peyton over Holiday. Me and uh, Gav are both, uh, yes, please, give us Aaron over the uh, Alfred. Uh, leave the Elf on the I shelf and say the Holiday is us. <laughs> I did say it wasn't a full, no, it was more like, we've only seen Holiday for fucking 10, 10 odd minutes. So I can't, that's, I can't that's make That's why we still have Alfred hope, because playing. we've seen a lot of Alfred Peyton. <laughs> We're done with it. <laughs> you made your decision, Yeah. <laughs> Any hope is better right now. <laughs> Orlando. Alfred, Alfred's, Alfred Payton's minutes over the last couple of weeks when campaign's been injured are damaging to the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. And uh, yes, I agree. The minutes we saw from Aaron Holiday on the weekend were predominantly when the game was done against Orlando, even though they were they were positive minutes. I've actually I'm actually referencing the game that he played against us a week ago where with his full court pressure started the game for um, Indiana played on CP three annoyed the fuck out of him did all that sort of stuff, but he felt Alfred Payton. Uh, and let's be honest, when campaign comes back, this isn't even a discussion, but yeah. you, you, when you're looking at who's going to be third in line, I'd much prefer to play a 22 year old Aaron holiday who is a better shooter, uh, particularly from the foul line. Um, 
uses the ball okay, but is an exceptional defender, I'd much rather be using him than an Alfred Pate. I want to raise something that was on the um, solar panel um, today's pod that came out. Um, Dave said something, Dave King. It's worth a bit of an argument. He, he, he made a comment about when it comes to playoff games, we're talking about Tory Craig and Aaron Holiday, and he, he made a comment that we're talking about two guys are going to be uh, 15 minutes combined in a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. Where do you guys stand on 15 minutes split between Tory Craig and Aaron Holiday in a playoff game? Because... I mean, the minutes, what he put in, 18 minutes alone, Tory Craig against Orlando and had a cracking game. Yeah. I, I kind of think, I mean, I loved his impact on oh, the court. And yeah. I don't think restricting him to his share of 15 minutes is a fair statement. I, look, I agree with you there. I think Dave's wrong. Um, I think Tory Craig's role in the side is going, and the next, uh, the next point will be where I can go into this further, but... I think Tory Craig's role in our lineup is going to be far more significant than 10 or 11 minutes in a playoff game. Hell yes. Um, Aaron Holiday, yes. Uh, we're realistically, if Campaign and CP3 are playing, we're playing playoff basketball, we're going to see two, three minutes a game from Aaron Holiday. But what I see that, a lot. What about Landry? Sorry? What if Landry's back? That's that's why that's why you'll see less minutes from Peyton and um, yeah yeah I mean Landry's going to be in front of them too too. In fairness too, they're talking about Landry the shooting guard and they keep talking about Aaron as a point guard, not correct off guard. Depending on although we do play looking at him, you know we do play that rotation where like start of second quarter book will play the entire first quarter. The start of the second quarter is CP three and Cameron Payne that are on the floor together. Shamit will come in do pinch hitting and stuff like that as well. Um, I think Holiday's going to struggle to see a heck of a lot of minutes, but perfect because the kid's 22, 23 years old. Like he's, he's got a long, long time to learn under the greatest point guard that we've ever seen. Um, if we keep him around. Yeah. So it's um, uh, for me, it's more about Tory, And particularly when we look at that small ball lineup, Tory's a better player than Ish Wainwright. Now, we love our ish minutes, but Tory's a better player and he's going to take those ish minutes. If, if we're going to play ish in the playoffs, it's um, a brick wall in front of Giannis. Take me, take the fouls. Let's uh, keep DA out of the foul trouble. Yep. Yep. And even there, we won't use him because they will more than likely use the fouls of McGee and Beyond Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, all right, so, well, the next point I did have in there was the trade deadline wrap-up. What I wanted to ask you guys was, and effectively we can almost stick with a thumbs-up, thumbs-down here, but positive or negative? And now there's been a lot of talk on Suns, Facebook, Twitter, the whole lot. Jalen Smith's gone to Indiana. He started pretty well there in his first couple of games. Do you think the Suns, and look, I will say, hopefully some of our American fans do watch this, learn how the fucking contracts and everything work at even a basic level before you <laughs> fucking mouth off about the fact that we traded our pick 10 for a bloke we should have signed last year and a draft pick when we could not sign Tory Craig last year for the money that he got offered in Indiana. Yeah. That's number one. We could not. And that's the reason we didn't. We didn't let Tory Craig go and then trade a bloke for him to get him back on a high uh, on the high contract. Well, we kind of did, but it, it wasn't a deliberate ploy. I think the most that we could have signed Tory Craig out last year was like two and a half mil. Like, come on, the bloke was always going to take double the money, and so he should. Um, but you guys, opinion wise, um, was it a positive? trade deadline for us um, looking forward and particularly going into playoffs? Johnny, you're the guest. Jump in, bro. I want to go positive. I'll yep. take, I'll take Tory, take Tory over Sticks any day, but it does actually hurt to see Sticks go and start so well. I reckon that hurts. Fair call, yeah. Nate. I'm not so concerned. We, we, we did our own injustice by um, not extending the third year. There was no option to keep him, so you can't you can't get hung up on 
him good luck to him. I hope he does really well. He's in the Eastern Conference and a shit team. So um, he's going to get his time to develop. Um, two weeks or two pods ago, I sat here when uh, Indiana came to um, Phoenix and I said, tell Tory Craig to pack a bag, bring his uh, fancy cars that he's bought and uh, driven to Indiana. Tell him to drive him back here, stay put. This is your audition, you're sticking around. So uh, my Tory love is uh, well known from his days playing for the Brisbane Bullets. So I've, uh, <laughs> I was very, very happy to wake up uh, on trade deadline day and see that uh, we got him back and basically cost us exactly what we thought was going to be traded anyway with a second rounder, a cool whatever. Um, I don't think the second rounder was a high second round at this point anyway either. So it's it's our own uh, from, from memory. Yeah, it'll be end of second round. Yeah. Um, and the Aaron Holiday thing, I think as soon as I saw it, I jumped in the Facebook chat and um, I actually said, isn't that who we were going to draft two years ago anyway in the same draft as um, Macau Bridges? Yep. So, um, yeah, we ended up with someone we were chasing for two years uh, for nothing. And, and that was cash considerations. like that was It was the Darius Arich thing anyway. So we've been sitting on that mid-level and like uh, we, we, we used an asset that was sitting there that doesn't cost us a roster spot to get a player. And we got back the guy that helped us get to the finals uh, who's now going to be on a team that's got the big center to add to him plus an extra shooter if Shamit comes good um, plus all the point guard depth. I, th- I think James Jones is awards a, a friggin' medal. And if he doesn't get executive for the year again, I, I just don't get it. Yeah, uh, absolutely, 100% agree. The Jalen Smith thing, there was we weren't keeping him. He had to go. We had to trade him. Tory Craig got rewarded for what he did in Phoenix last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he he went out. He got signed by Indiana. Got his extra two and a half million dollars. We ended up bringing him back. He still keeps his two and a half mil, which we could not have paid him um, based on the salary cap rules. So we bring him back. Aaron Holiday comes in, who I think is a great uh, upgrade to the third string from a point guard perspective. Um, and when you look at the actual balance of the team, and Jono, you mentioned this before, when you look at the balance of our team, having Tory Craig instead of Sticks is everybody wanted Sticks to play the four. But when we tried to play him at the four, he couldn't play the four. Tory Craig can. Um, he's going to take those minutes. He's going to take the Ish Wainwright minutes. He is a much better option as that third rotation in the four than what we already had. So I'm with you, Nate. James Jones, tips me hat. You um, you did it again as far as I'm concerned. And I think our balance is absolutely fantastic now with this team going forward, especially when Cam Payne and Landry Stammett come back as well. <laughs> and by Landry Shemek coming back, we mean he finds his jump shot as well. Well, he might be out <laughs> looking for it. But he's, I think his ankle's healed. He's actually healed. He's, 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 actually, he's actually full healthy. He's just out in the paddock looking for his three-point shot. Yeah. I, I think he might <laughs> have he flown. Said, Don't come back until you can shoot. <laughs> I, think he, um, I think he might have flown to Brooklyn because he might have left it there. So he's um, he's gone, gone to try and find it. Maybe Javon Carter's got it now. Yeah. Um, Thanks, guys. Great show. Um, appreciate you jumping on, Jono. We tried to keep it a bit shorter this week because uh, obviously last week's was 17 hours. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed it. Last comments, Jono. You got your chance. Here's your platform. What do you got for us? The Eagles. Let's go. And Jono's never allowed back on the pod. Uh, Nate, what do you got for us? Last comments. Mate, I, I don't normally look forward to All Star Weekend. It's just a waste of time. The skills challenge is rubbish. The Rising Stars challenge is usually, well, the game is usually pretty good. Um, I, I think like the three-point contest. I like the I like the switching up the format this year with the Ignite editions uh, as well. So I'm actually, and then now that we've got not just our coaching staff, but Booker and CP3, legitimate All-Stars, and on opposite sides, I'm actually looking forward to the All-Star weekend. Nice. Um, I'm actually, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think. Look, I've never, never been a huge fan, but obviously with two sons in it this year, I'll definitely be uh, 
tuning in and watching uh, next Monday, I think that is. Yeah, Monday. Um, and the three-point contest is on Saturday. So I'm just going to watch that and yell at the TV and hope that all of them, none of them hit threes. Um, to be honest, I want Cat to airball pretty much four out of five of everything he shoots, um, just so that I can get on Twitter and spray the fuck out of him. But um, thanks again. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. We will see you next Monday with a wrap-up of the two games and the All-Star game, uh, and then into the second half of the year, and uh, obviously where we start uh, – really planning out our trip. So the guys who are interested in traveling across Arizona for NBA finals this year, we had a good conversation about it last week on the Brizzy trip. It's time to uh, start putting your interest in so that we know who's interested, who wants to go, and we can start looking at uh, accommodation and flights and that all that sort of fun stuff. <laughs> so thank you guys, and we will see you next week. Thank you. Hey, this is Dave King from Brightside and the Solar Panel. I want to give a special shout out to your Aussie Facebook group for Suns fans. Good job. Keep up, keep up all the hard work and we'll see you on the Solar Panel when you guys watch again.